Let's make planning this year's garden a lot easier with the Planter app. This app is packed full of features. It has companion and combative planting, which are indicated by green and red circles. It has a simple drag and drop interface. It has 80 plus plants and thousands of varieties. All the info is needed to grow veggies, including when to start seeds, transplant and harvest, the ability to create custom plants and varieties, a growing guide with in-depth articles to supplement the quick info in the app, not to mention that you can view it and use it both on your PC and on your mobile device, so you can always be planning your garden on the go. This app is used in my garden year-round to plan the upcoming seasons, reference the last year's seasons so I know when to rotate, and it also helps me to learn more about companion planning using the visual cues. When you create your garden, it's going to be based on the dimensions and each block is going to be a square foot. I've had a lot of fun using this app and the Planter app, which is spelled P-L-A-N-T-E-R, is available in your app store on both Google and Apple. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and plan your garden and use the link below to get a discount on the Planter app. All right, everybody, get your planners out because we're planning our gardens. It is that season and we're going to be talking about Eating fresh and preserving, but growing enough to do both and how or when we should do it. Right here on the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Okay. I know that was kind of weird, but it's like it's it's a loaded subject, right? <laughs> what do you think? It's actually one of the things I consider. I think about a lot, but I never really. Yeah, it's a loaded subject. <laughs> I was about to start getting in like to basically the episode, but not yet. Not yet. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you want to preserve food, but you want to eat it fresh. So we're going to grow enough, but. And this is the way I'm looking at it. Should we grow for preserving or for eating fresh? And I think there's different vegetables for different things. I think I really want to grow to eat fresh, period. Right? Like if I could grow and eat fresh from my garden all the time, that's what I would do. I preserve out of necessity. You know, that's what makes us such a great team because I am polar opposite. Mm -hmm. I know. I picked up on that. Yeah. A long time ago, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) So it's <clears throat> it's one of those things, when I think about it, I think about the intent of the garden to start off with. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like, why did you start gardening? And I mean, let's keep it real, son. Inflation is still going crazy. <laughs> so, you know, you may have started it one way and then you're like transferring over. And you're like, you know, maybe I should preserve more next year because... Um, my green beans have gone up in price yeah, and yeah. I, and not just that, but maybe you want to eat more natural throughout the year. I was trying to say healthy, but you don't have to preserve your own food to eat healthy. So I don't know. What, what do you think? I mean, I, I feel like didn't I just say is new year, new me wearing well, off. Yeah. It's yeah. Fast. <laughs> you, you've had a rough day. It's okay. Well, what I mean is like, when it comes down to it and like, why did you start your garden? Let's put it that way. Oh, now, you know, I love going back here. No. And I mean, I think it was just, you know, 
I was enamored with the thought of being able to grow my own food. Um, and and right. no, no, that's not exactly true. To grow some vegetables. Like it was at the very beginning. I'd never had thoughts of doing what I'm doing now. That was never a thought. Right. It was a patch just of grew that way. It was a patch of dirt. And I said, Oh, I can, you know, plant some vegetables here. Like period. And that was it. And that's, that's the way I approached it for a bunch of years. Right. Um, so that was it. I, I thought, I think I have the ability to didn't have any previous experience with it and said, Oh, that'd be nice. Now I wonder if, if that space had been, you know, had concrete on it instead of dirt, how long it would have taken me to get to that point, you know, if at all. Yeah. Hmm. Now see, for me, it was the opposite. It was like, I want to learn how to grow food. So when I need to grow food, I can grow food. And I immediately was trying to preserve food at the same at the same time. So I would grow food and then I would obviously eat it, but then I would try and learn how to freeze it and then learn how to can. So, you know, just kind of going through the motions, but that really, I mean, and that's why I think we design our gardens a little bit different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that we're going to be, you know, our audience is probably going to be split right down the middle almost. So wait, are are you saying that the, the kind of purpose of fresh and preserving today, that's always been, you know, kind of what's been in your eyesight. That's always been kind of your goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been my goal to be able to offset my grocery bill year round to some extent. Now, does that mean like I have one can of green beans that I've canned and I can eat it and you're not offset it by a dollar? Not really, but over the years, it's definitely grown more and more. And I started off with very realistic expectations behind this because at the time there was no real, you know, urge to not ur- urgency to really be self-sustainable in my own garden to any extent. Mm-hmm. Not that I am a hundred percent self-sustainable because that is not the case, but at times, you, you know, you want to be, have that freedom to do these things. So when I plan my garden, I try and plan it out appropriately for my goals. Now, like I said in, you know, three minutes ago, (laughs) is not all vegetables, though, I grow for that purpose. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, let's take this back as well. So. How far back? To the beginning. Okay. Oh, man. Of all mankind. So I think there's a part and this isn't there's no right or wrong like you you aren't wrong for always being on this path and I'm not wrong or right for evolving to this place. But I am curious around kind of the differences in our gardens in those first years, those early years, Um, because mine were like I, I don't have any pictures of it. I can picture it in my head, but I don't actually have any photographs or videos or anything, but I'm all but certain it was. I know for sure it was cucumbers because I have a story around that with my grandmother. I'm certain it was tomatoes and I'm very, very sure it was peppers. And that was probably it. Right. You know, and so in my mind, in my footprint, um, I don't even think I would have ever jumped to the idea of you're growing enough to like be putting away somewhere. Yeah. To be preserving in some way. And so I wonder if with you coming into this saying, oh, this is for now and for later, how different was your first garden compared to what I just described for mine? I I can tell you exactly what was in my first garden as an adult. It was tomatoes, cucumbers, green beans, spinach, squash, eggplants, jalapenos. 
that's about what was in my garden from the beginning. And then I had um, mint growing as well because I like to drink a lot of mint tea. So that was my very first garden um, plan, if you can say it that way. And then, you know, each year I may have added something. I, don't, I think for the next couple of years, I, I kind of didn't change much at all. I would just continuously grow the same things. But then at some point, it changed and I started growing different things and reaching out and, you know, doing other stuff. So, um, but that was my plan. And so in what I mentioned, there are a lot of things that can be preserved. Now you have to remember this was year one. So I wasn't canning at this point. Okay. I was just freezing stuff. So I'd freeze green beans. Um, that was it. but then the next year i started making cucumbers Mm -hmm. and then you know i I tried to freeze squash and eggplants and sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't but what we did is we would make like squash cakes and freeze them Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so we did do a lot of things but it wasn't really like all out at first like boom we're just gonna start preserving everything it didn't work that way And I don't think it should work that way because I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself right in the beginning. Yeah, I you know, just based on my nature of, you know, try a little bit, you know, um, when I finally got to the point of like realizing that I could be doing what I'm doing now. Um, I mean, my eyes were big, like I had big thoughts around what this could be. And um, but I was putting my toes in it, like, you know, dipping my toe in. And so it's cucumbers were first thing that I preserved in the sense of canning but prior to that to your point you know I probably was freezing probably okra was a thing that I mainly froze maybe some peppers before that if my timing is right um because by then I was planting more things you know and again I had more to basically eat fresh and and still put up um I just I find it interesting that um the your drive and your purpose in gardening. I, it totally makes sense to me now because of the the passion that you have with it, like how aggressive you are about it has been consistent and, and probably again increased over the years. And because if I look back with me, while again, my, my goals of the garden have changed, I feel like I have more time. Right. Like I don't look at it like I've lost all of those years when I was just growing a tomato plant. Like I don't look at it as that. It's just like a natural progression for me in my mind. And this is opposed to take time, which I think you're saying that, you know, that may be a smart path. Um, But I don't feel rushed to do all of the things, you know, and so it's given me some time to, to get to some point of comfort and giving me some room to decide, like, you know, you know, do I really even like this thing fresh or do I like it preserved better? Almost. Well, that's a big part of it, too. Yeah. Like things taste different, you know, Um, and I think it's it's absolutely you that basically you're growing tomatoes for your wife to eat fresh and for you to to can, you know. Well, let's 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 talk about that then Mm -hmm. first. Let's let's kick it off with that, because for me, clearly, there's a few things that. Actually, now that I think about it, there's more than a few things that I mostly preserve and don't eat fresh. Um, so for me, it's green beans, tomatoes, and believe it or not, jalapenos, um, hot peppers in general. I can't eat them enough when they're fresh, so I just revert to canning them. Yeah, yeah. So um, hmm. those are the ones that like when we grow them, 
we preserve them. Now, we're not going to go over, like, curing stuff because you can essentially eat those whenever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and just for the record, we're talking about potatoes, sweet potatoes, onions, and butternut squash, like your winter squashes and stuff like that. So, um, those you can kind of eat whenever. But as far as, like, for preserving, like, those are the ones that I pres- um I prefer the taste of. So what that leads me to do is I plant those more heavily mm-hmm. throughout the year mm-hmm. so I can ensure that I get enough to preserve because I'm here to tell you, for me, I figured out that for like jalapenos in general, on a good year, two to three plants will suffice mm-hmm. me for the whole year's worth of hot peppers. So if I grew one plant, it wouldn't be enough. But if I grew four, it'd be too much. But I dwindled <laughs> that down over time. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I think anything that's pickled, if that same vegetable, you know, that same vegetable I prefer to eat, you know, preserved. And again, in pickling it, you know, jalapenos are a great example. I am actually very close to just giving up on pickling jalapenos. Um, the only way that I'll continue to do it is knowing that it's, I can do it using a water bath method or even a refrigerator, you know, pickle or jalapenos. And I can play around with the recipe a little bit if I'm doing it, you know, especially for a refrigerator version. Um, I just, it's a good example of, I cannot get to the taste that I'm expecting and I can't undo the taste that I'm expecting, you know? And so I have some other things I can do with jalapenos that I enjoy from a preservation standpoint, but your typical like sliced jalapenos, which I love. Yeah. I think they're going to have to be on my grocery store list as long as they're reasonably priced. Um, But there are other things. If I go back to, you know, it's absolutely, I was growing too much food and I couldn't eat it fresh and, and I didn't want to stop growing the food. So I right. had to get to the point of like, all right, I got to be able to put this away somehow. I got to be able to you know, get the, eat this later, you know, and I didn't want to do the gamble of, you know, is it going to spoil on my windowsill or can I get to it in a week? You know, uh, and so if I look at things that I absolutely prefer fresh, I think most of those are the things that I know for sure are better fresh, like your lettuce and most of your greens to me are just better fresh. You know, I've never had canned lettuce. <laughs> well you can you know preserve spinach you know i you can. obviously you preserve can. i um i've not canned it pressure canned it but i have frozen cooked greens like my f- beloved collard greens um i still would rather them be picked and cooked up in a pot and eaten then you know i preserve them because of the amount that i want to grow how often i want to eat them and the time it takes to basically and enjoy them when I cook them. If I think about it, that's actually a really good example of how long of a window you can grow the thing. So if I could grow collards, like from the point of being able to harvest from May through let's say December, I could be very comfortable with, this may be an aha moment, with only eating them fresh. Mm. Well, and I mean, that's part of it too. I mean, this is where you start talking about seasonal eating. Mm-hmm. where it's like you go through the seasons and you you eat what is available to you. And let's just say you're even going to the grocery store. What's available to you growing in either your state or as we do in our country. Mm-hmm. So, And there's times where like the strawberries, you can get them year round and they're grown in the United States, but they taste like crap. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we don't buy them. But, you know, the same idea goes. So as you work through these things and you know, like, 
for me too for my tomatoes so i grow roma tomatoes to can and um or let's just say plum type tomatoes and then i'll grow like slicer tomatoes and then i grow cherry tomatoes so the cherry tomatoes i only grow one plant every year and that helps that's because they come on quick they come on hard and there's just enough for us to get through. And we usually end up wasting a bunch of them yeah, too. Yeah. So you, you put them in salads or whatever, salads, <laughs> salads or whatever. And then we'll do the plum type tomatoes where we're putting those in and we grow those specifically for canning. So we'll grow three to six, seven plants of those a year and use those for canning. Now they can be slicers as well, mm-hmm. but we'll use yeah. them mostly for canning. And then we'll grow a couple slicers, just two maybe three just to make sure we get some and we can also can those but we'll definitely have some big slicing type tomatoes so we've spaced it out over the different varieties and types to satisfy our needs for what we do and you can do that with all of these vegetables so and i think that that takes experience it just i don't think it's just it's natural for the new gardener and to be quite frank, it's it wasn't natural for me as I'd say an experienced gardener, but someone that was new to really planning to preserve. Right. You know, so the thought of, OK, I prefer to um, for the recipes I use to preserve with your paste type tomatoes. Like almost exclusively, there's one recipe right. for my favorite salsa that I have a particular, you know, tomato, the pineapple tomato that I just find much better than when I make the salsa for my paste tomato. So I have that as a note, you know, and so the other slicers that I um that I grow are kind of for fresh eating. And that's a dilemma because there are a lot of slicers that I want to grow, but I'm just not eating that many tomatoes. And I love tomatoes. Tomatoes are one of my top five, you know. Do you eat tomato sandwiches? Do I enjoy tomato sandwiches? Oh, absolutely. And you can't get through a tomato enough tomatoes? I mean, have you seen how many pounds that come off of, in a good year, a tomato plant? Somebody's flexing. <laughs> in a good year, in a good year. <laughs> I mean, between the bread and mayo, like, I, I told you I was working on something. That'd be terrible. No, at some point I'd, I'd get tired of tomato sandwiches. No, you would. But I mean, it, when it comes down to it, it's one of those things where you you figure out. So it's like I, I got a message the other day and they're like, hey, when you plant your garden, how much of this do you plant? And it's like, I can't tell you how much to plant. You have to really dig deep and look for it mm-hmm. and think about your diet, like how you do. You know, do you eat cabbage? OK, that's something everybody's going to be planting very soon if they if not already planted it. Well, you can grow one cabbage. And you're going to get one cabbage. And that may be enough to fulfill your needs. Mm -hmm. But as time goes by and the more you garden, you may be like, you know what? I'm going to eat more cabbage. And so you're going to grow more cabbage and you're going to do this. And different seasons have different types of vegetables that grow, meaning you have your multi producers that just produce a lot of, you know, like tomatoes and squash and stuff. One plant gives you multiples. And then you have like your broccoli where you get one head of broccoli. Mm-hmm. And I know you get side shoots. I ain't trying to hear about no damn side shoots. And you I can get eat it, the leaves. Though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can eat the leaves mm-hmm. and you can eat the stalk. I get all that stuff. So heard it. But, you know, all of these things. So it's, it's one of those things where you have to experience it yourself and figure it out. Now, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you. I feel fairly comfortable if you called me right now and you said, hey, Ben, how much broccoli should I grow? I would say grow about 12 heads of broccoli 
Because what's the point in growing one? <laughs> you know, how much cabbage should I grow? Grow at least four heads of cabbage. Yeah, that sounds you know? that sounds good. But twelve heads of broccoli, four heads of cabbage, that's sixteen heads of a vegetable. That's a lot of space. That could be someone's whole garden. Now we have right. to separate this and say we're talking about you know you're answering the question for someone that has that space. In my original garden, that would have been my entire garden. My very first original garden space. You know? Right. And you're talking about one season. Now, I get that. But if you're asking me specifically, mm-hmm. I don't see the purpose in spending your time and effort in growing one head of cabbage. Because let's say you want to make sauerkraut. There goes a head of cabbage right there. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have it where you can make it and, you know, you can do all these other things with it. Well, not all these other things, but... You know, maybe you want to grow up, make kimchi. There's two heads of cabbage now. Mm-hmm. And let's say you want to make egg rolls ahead of time, which I put a banger right egg roll recipe up on Patreon. Check it out. Um, you can get that and freeze them. So then that's another head of cabbage. Then you can have soup. That's a whole other head. of So, you know, a couple meals. So mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is during the season, if you think you want to grow something that produces one thing, like I highly discourage anybody from growing one head of broccoli is just not worth it wouldn't you say i mean you go to the store they come two heads bundled together generally no not so, in my store and i mean i'm not i don't i mean i don't think the argument though is do you grow one or do you grow 12 i think the, the argument could be do you grow one or do you grow many you know so if you well, go that's to, what i mean many yeah if you go to the stores for starts right you know uh, for the longest time, they were selling things in four packs and six packs. But I think you're going to start to see more and more of these vegetables as a sing- singular plant that they're selling. You know, and yeah. so someone's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to buy broccoli. And especially if, so if you're answering the question for someone that's absolutely brand spanking new, maybe they don't even realize it's just a single head that they're going to get. And maybe a couple, well, you know, a yeah. couple of sprouts from from the uh the side shoots and all, you know? So I I think that when you're answering their question, things like the room, things like, what are you eating now? My question always is, what do you like to eat now? And even with me knowing what I like to eat now, I still struggle with the, how much should I grow of a thing? You know, because it's, it's super complicated. It also, it it falls into, you know, are all of those heads of broccoli going to be ready at the same time? Probably so. If you plant them at the same time and they're the same size, um, if I have 12, like, am I going to be able to use those 12 before they go bad? Which, you know, it's almost like if you go, if this, then, you know, and if you say, well, no, we would never be able to eat 12 heads of broccoli fresh. Hey, don't, don't worry. Insert preserving a few heads, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that I've given up on trying to work through every vegetable and say for every vegetable, I want to understand the quantity and then, you know, the harvest time and then what I'm going to do with it. I'm just taking the vegetables as they come. I'm taking the, you know, the herbs as they come. I'm taking the fruit as they come. Um, I am, you know, still trying to crack some of these codes when it comes to some of these, how many green bean plants, you know, do I need to put into the ground? How many broccoli plants? Um, but like what you're in the mood to eat, six months from now it's kind of hard to say it is but you have to look at it too and it it, it's one of those things where i feel like at some point and i I mean i could be totally wrong but you're gardening and when you've started your garden and it's just like i'm gonna grow some food Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter 
and you're eating, you know, the standard American diet. And then eventually, let's say one day, you know, it's like we said in the beginning, like, hey, I want to eat a little bit more fresh vegetables. Mm -hmm. And it, it comes time to plan your garden. That's when you take a step back and you look at your diet as a whole. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we've said this multiple times where people eat the same thing over and over, mm -hmm. generally speaking. I mean, how many times does somebody go into their cookbook and pull out a recipe? You know, that's the same thing over and over because we get comfortable with it and we know. Yeah. And a lot of times, even if you, let's say you eat curry, there's a million different ways to eat curry. And each one of them has different vegetables. But you know, like, hey, I like to eat. I'm just going to hang on broccoli for a while. I like to eat broccoli. I like to eat cheese broccoli. Mm -hmm. I like to eat steamed broccoli. I like to eat, you know, broccoli soup. You know, you start going on. Then you start realizing, like, hey, I actually eat a lot more broccoli than I thought I did. So it's not about, like, hey, you know, I got a hankering for this today. Now, this is the way I look at my garden, too. We eat. We, so we know what vegetables we eat, but when it comes time to harvest them, that dictates what meals we have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So every week, my wife will come to me and she'll say, what's coming out of the garden this week? And I'll say, like right now, it's got a couple radishes, turnips, some broccoli soon. And she's like, okay, well, we're going to put those on the menu. And so we'll have those throughout the week, you know, kale, mustard and all that stuff. So then that dictates, like I could go in one day and be like, you know what? I don't feel like eating broccoli. But when it comes down to it, like, I got that head of broccoli ready, I'm going to eat that head of broccoli. Yeah. Now, the trick is, find a different way to cook that broccoli, you know, and that's where it kind of gets tricky. But you're now you're eating different foods, so we try not to eat the same things over and over, but we do. Mm -hmm. We do. And yeah. I mean, it was like six months ago, I actually had a breakdown. I was like, man, I can't eat food anymore. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'd rather starve to death and just keep eating the same stuff over and over. Sometimes you're so extreme. <laughs> Well, and we had been eating the same meals on a rotation for like a year. Mm -hmm. So we would have like, we have like four menus and we'd rotate them out. We eat them two weeks at a time. And I was like, I can't do it anymore. We have to be different. So that allowed us to branch out and look at different things. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where it's like you want to look in real tight, but you've got to zoom out and look overall at what you eat and how you eat it. Which goes back to what should I grow? What do you eat? So like, once you get that question answered, like don't grow things you don't, you don't eat or don't intend on eating, uh, because the rest could figure, you can figure your way out of it, you know, um, in year one of this, what it may not be year one of your gardening, but in year one of kind of your, your quest to what to preserve, what to eat fresh and so on. That's kind of like your documentation year. You figure yeah. out kind of what works, which you enjoy, which you're really overeating eggplant. You know, you try some new recipes and it's like, eh, I tried this recipe with this um, using eggplant um, in a pasta dish. And the first time I had it, I was just like, eh, it's okay. Then I had leftovers. And so the second day I was like, you know, it was a pasta, you know, it had tomato sauce. So um, second day it was better Then the third day. I was like, still a little bit. Eh. You know, so I have some in the freezer now, but I don't know. I'll have to get through it. Decide if I even want to use that dish again, like if I want to make that dish again. And so that's going to impact what I end up planting for eggplant this year. Yeah. Now, let me let me go to eggplants. then, since you brought it up, I only grow one to two eggplants a year 
Usually I grow two in case one fails, mm-hmm. but that's it. That's mm-hmm. all I need. And then, and then most of the time I'm getting rid of the, the rest of them. There's too many. I can't eat them all. So you start this, you know, and I figured that out over time, you know, then I figured out like your, um, we used to grow a lot of Ichiban eggplants, mm-hmm. which are like the Japanese style, long and skinny, super heavy producers. Can't, you, you can't eat them fast enough. It's almost like okra. And so then we went to black beauty eggplant, which produces in half the amount of time so then we could keep up with it so that you know over the years we've learned and i don't think it's a the first year you garden you're going to figure it out in the second year i think it's over 10 years Mm -hmm. where you start to really figure out like hey and each year you're going to change a little bit you're going to grow a little bit more you know you'll start out most people that i know start out with 10 10 um, tomato plants and then they go down to two no, you know, I'm going to say just, the exact opposite. I don't think most people start off with that large of a quantity of tomatoes. This is people I know, like that I've had experience with. They okay. usually back off because they they wanted to grow tomatoes, but then they've learned that they can grow other things. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know somebody who did that and then they learned that they could grow carrots. Mm-hmm. They didn't ever think that they could grow carrots. But then once they put the seed in the ground and they got them, they're like, oh, now I can grow carrots. So then, the, you know, the, the garden became more and more diverse mm-hmm. over the years. And I think that's a lot of times what happens. You know, it just kind of slowly over time, you know, things. And you're going to get, and I've said this before, you're going to have staples in your garden, which is awesome because you're going to get really good at growing those. You know, like you're really good at growing collards mm-hmm. because that's a staple in your garden, mm-hmm. you know. It will always be a staple in my garden. It's the only way to garden. I implore you to continue to grow or start growing collards if you're not. Um, right. A a steady vegetable. I um I love the taste of collards. I love the look of them growing. Um, but I believe there absolutely is an influence on how well they do for me. Influences, you know, how much I want to grow them. Yeah. You know? So, like eggplant or let's use zucchini you know for years and years i gardened and grew zucchini and never had the problem of you know the squash vine borer and so let's go back to those days um i you know as many people you just it's too many for you to even keep up with you know and so that's a good example of something that does well for me i didn't lean into it and say i'm gonna grow more of it you know (laughs) i decided and i didn't even really invest time in to say well you know it's doing so well can i can i start preserving it more right because there just aren't that many options in my mind for it so i leaned the exact opposite decided uh i get that it grows well you know I, i get that it's a high producer but i I'm going to decide based on that. I only need one. I don't need the many, you know? And so I think, again, that just comes with time with you figuring out how much or or how little of a thing that you want. I don't need to revisit zucchini. Like it's, I know now, I know the place it has in my garden. Um, And, but it's everything else that I'm still trying to figure out. Right. So this year I gained a new staple in my garden that will be mustard. Mm -hmm. I like spicy mustard greens. Um, I'd never eaten them spicy until this year and this year I ate them and I was like, I like it. So that's another one. You know what I mean? And it, I mean, dude, I've been growing mustard for like four years now. Never eaten, let it get spicy. <laughs> and when I let it get spicy, I was like, this is the heat. This is what I want. You know, it's got like a horseradish flavor. So 
we'll continue to do that. But when it comes down to like, should I preserve it or should I eat it fresh? And then how should I grow it? It's like we said in the beginning, it's really your taste and flavor profile. But if you want to preserve it, you got to grow more of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it ain't worth breaking out the canner for one can. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and no. tell you that right now. You know, I don't break out the canner for mi- a minimum of three cans. Minimum. So, you know, after that, it's kind of like, all right, what are we going to do? You know, I'd like to get five or six cans. I like to max it out ultimately, but I never can. Mm-hmm. Never, ever can. Yeah. And that's just because I don't plant enough. Now, if I doubled my green bean rows, for instance, instead of an eight foot row where I plant here, I'm going to get very specific every four inches a bean and instead i did 16 feet or 16 foot rows then i could get a full canner every time i harvested but i'm not so i can't do that but i'm happy with doing a couple cans here and there you know three four cans and then i have enough and then we can eat them fresh or freeze them or whatever we want to do as well which is your preference Oh, I like them canned all the way. Mm-hmm. I don't care for them fresh. Um, I've, I've gotten to where over the years, because we've had so much extra, here's another benefit. I've gotten to where I can stand them more and more. So I imagine in a couple more years, I'll actually really enjoy them. Mm-hmm. But it's taken me a while. And it was just because it was like, I, honestly, it was because we did that challenge, uh, the eat lunches from your garden challenge. And um, I didn't have anything to eat, so I was eating those continuously. And over that <laughs> month, I, I kind of developed a little bit of a flavor for them. Yeah. If I had to, again, you know, kind of if we did a rapid fire of a few vegetables for green beans, if I had to choose, like you could only eat them one way, it would be fresh and, you know, meaning I'm going to put them in a skillet and cook them up. Um, mm-hmm. I would not preserve them. Luckily, I do enjoy you know, canned green beans. And I enjoy frozen green beans once they're cooked up. Um, but this is a good example of years and years ago, I only would grow enough just to, you know, I'm, I don't need a whole row of green beans. I'm, I only, I'm only going to eat so many fresh. They're not going to stay fresh forever. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They actually do last kind of a decent amount of time in the fridge but i get what you're saying Mm -hmm. but over time you've learned that you can preserve them and you can grow more and use that so there is that benefit but i also i remember eating green canned beans when i was a child when i was growing up so the taste is very familiar to me um it's almost nostalgic like and if, but if I hadn't, I don't know if I would really enjoy them. They're, they're, I mean, they are wholly different than what eating them fresh is like, right? You know, versus if you make tomato sauce and you eat tomato sauce straight out of the pot today and then you eat it three months from now out of a canned jar, generally it's going to be about the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I ever had a fresh green bean until I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. It was always canned. It was like the go-to, you know, canned green beans. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, like I said, if you want to preserve it, you've got to grow more of Mm -hmm. it. But as you grow in your gardening journey, you're going to learn how to grow certain things and you're going to want to grow more. So, for instance, okra for me, I don't preserve my okra at all. Sometimes I freeze it. But one to two plants gets me through just fine. No issues whatsoever. Anything more than that, and I'm, I'm giving it away. And I, I mean, 
You can't give stuff away. You almost got to sell it. People will buy it before they'll take it for free, it seems like. It's, so, you know, it's, it's, there's still something about like some person, even if you know them, saying, hey, do you want this, this vegetable? Because we have so much access. Many of us have so much access to things. Um, my neighbors is a good example of people that are immediately available. Like everyone's always going to accept a tomato. Like I've never felt like anyone's turned down tomatoes unless obviously they don't like them but i've not come across those when it comes to folks that you know i'm giving something to um peppers bell peppers are a great example because they're super expensive in the store people will take a few cucumbers you know um i've never tried to give away like a bag of beans or anything but i'm sure you know i remember growing up being gifted and you know shelling peas and bean brick and beans and all of that we were gifted those so again you know it's not like people are going to be turning down some of this stuff um, okra is hard. I remember I telling you the story about my neighbor with uh, okra and how he really enjoys it. Um, and then some okra had got a little bit too old, um, was on the vine a little bit too long, so it was woody. And he was just like, I just don't want to throw it out. I'm just like, clearly, I can't give you that. I shouldn't have given it to him in the first place, knowing that it was realizing that it was woody. Um, I don't, maybe I didn't realize it, but anyway, um, like he was willing to accept it. Because he wanted to eat it fresh, but he had had it in the refrigerator, like then put it in the freezer, like I just don't want to throw it out. You know? right. So I think a big part of, of what influences my growing and what I'm growing for fresh eating and what I'm growing for preserving does have a lot to do with what I plan on gifting as well. And that really it it's something that I'm really passionate about, but it definitely does complicate things. The reason why I grow as many jalapeno peppers as I do, to your point, like I'm sure one plant would probably, if it performs, do enough for me for the way that I want to consume them. Taking pickled peppers off the list because I can't figure the recipe out. Um, I can't get the taste that I want. Um, But I grow many, many more because there are some other things that I do with them recipe wise that turn into gifts, you know. Yeah. You know, I can't mind jalapenos. anyone's Anyone's guess when it comes to what number of plants is right to grow for that. My jalapenos, I just can them in vinegar and water. That's it. It's the same flavor as I get from the store. I, I, for me, I, I don't know if the recipe is fifty percent, fifty percent, but I follow any number of recipes online or in the ball book or whatever have you, um, with vinegar and water, and it's far too vinegary once I get to them, and the ones yeah. I buy in the store don't taste at all like that. To me, yeah, we do. Um, I wonder if you can pressure can them in just water. I've never looked into that. Hmm. I have to look into it. So, yeah, it's 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 tough because when you start your garden, and it's funny, I've gotten messages in both sides of the tugging. Like, hey, I'm going to start my garden this year, and I really want to can, you know, a certain amount of this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, okay. You know, and I don't know what to say to that because part of me wants to be like, don't worry about canning this year. Mm -hmm. Just worry about growing, eat your food and enjoy it. Give give your extras away because that's what most people do is like um, my wife's boss brought her. I don't what was it? uh, Some peppers Mm -hmm. that she she goes to her uncle's farm and she she knows he lets her harvest whatever she wants. And there was like a bumper crop. And so she just gave them to her, you know, and I asked, I was like, well, do you can them or anything? She's like, no, 
we just eat them fresh. You know, we they make like pepper vinegar and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But she has no worries about canning whatsoever or preserving in any way. And so there's a, a section, a, a, probably a large group of people that are exactly like that. And whatever they get extra, they grow. They, you know, they give away. And I used to be like that at first before I really learned. It's like I'll never grow another Tabasco pepper plant again, ever. <laughs> Because all I did was pick Tabasco peppers. That was it. I did nothing else that year but pick off one plant. We probably, and I'm not even lying, we probably got a thousand peppers off of one plant. And they're all about an inch long. And we were just constantly picking peppers, picking, picking, picking. So there was no point. You know what I mean? So, I mean, but that's something that you learn over time. And then I learned that, like, other than heat profile, like, for me, there's not much of a flavor difference to make any change. So I made hot sauce this year and I use cayenne peppers. Tastes the same as Texas Pete, you know, <laughs> which is, you know, a, a brand that we eat and love in our house. So, and it was not, it wasn't a Tabasco pepper. It was just cayenne peppers. That was it. That was, um, cayenne peppers for me as well. Like over, but that was also, I, I didn't, um, I didn't try to make any hot sauce or anything like that. And because I didn't try to make any hot sauce or anything like that, it was kind of like they they sat, they sat, they sat, they became dried peppers, which I could still do something with. And it's kind of like, all right, now they're just a bunch of seeds that I saved, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you yeah. Know. Um, but it's, yeah, we grind it up. It's definitely, yeah, because there's, I mean, I've done like red, red chili uh, pepper flakes. Uh, I mean, I, I'm still using the jar from 2019 that I made. You know, so obviously I don't use it that often, but I would like to make my own cayenne pepper, which again ties back to that particular pepper. Um, there's also something to be said about some of these things that you don't even need to grow every year if you're preserving it, you know, or you could grow less of it if you basically have some preserved and you just want to eat it fresh, depending on what it is. Well, and I know we said we were going to exclude it, but like butternut squash for me, I grow it every other year. Mm-hmm. So this year I won't be growing it. And then that suffice because, I mean, we just get tired of eating it. So there is that to contend with. But you can do that as well. Like if you get a bumper crop mm-hmm. and you knock back, you know, just a pile. Like if we did, I don't know how I can't give you a number on how many cans we did. But if we did enough to where we were like, oh, we got plenty of tomato sauce, we'd probably only grow one tomato the next year mm-hmm. just so she could have some slicers or something. You know, we probably, you know, we wouldn't do a whole, whole lot. But the mindset that I'm in also is like, no, I need to grow more so I can be very careful and have enough in case I need it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the mindset that I'm in when I grow. Because you never know the way the climate's going these days. Well, that's the hard part, too, because it's almost like I kind of never want to take tomatoes for granted. Last year, 2022 was a a terrible tomato year for me in comparison to uh, some previous years. And um, I had very little, um, you know, tomatoes to preserve, right? I was able to eat tomatoes fresh, you know, but it was almost like the default was that I had very little to preserve. Luckily, I was able to um, to, to purchase some from some from a uh, farmer's market. But it makes me think like, you know, well, shoot, it sounds good to, to, you know, this year grow a bunch, but then next year, maybe not. But what happens if the year after that is a sucky year, you know? And so there's a balance between kind of planting out of fear, right? 
um, versus, you know, kind of following whatever you feel like is your plan for planting. Um, right. It would be great for me if I limited the amount of plants that I could grow maybe every other year for tomatoes, just based on some crop rotation things, um, introducing some additional crops that I'd like to grow versus tomatoes in that space, you know. So that could be great, but there's also the, you know, you need, for me and my needs, there's a lot of tomatoes that need to be grown for what I'm trying to do from a preservation standpoint. I feel like I can almost always grow enough to enjoy fresh. Yeah. Well, there's two things we need to talk about too. So one, if I don't forget, I'll forget one of them probably, but we're going to start with the first one. That is like if, if you have a big garden, mm-hmm. you know, like a larger garden, then it gets easier. So when we say, you know, a lot of times we say like, hey, you don't need a big garden, just growing whatever you can, you know, makes a difference. But when it comes down to preserving, like if you have a bigger garden, you're going to have more space to fill and it gets easier to plant multiples of these things. Like we said in the beginning, you know, and that was something that I had an issue with for, um, was it two years ago, maybe three years ago, I essentially doubled the size of my garden. And what happened was I was going to plant it and I was planting it the way I did when it was half the size. (laughs) So I ran out of things to plant. I didn't know, what to put in the ground. Like I remember thinking like, what else can I grow? I don't know. So then I, I, two things happened. One, I expanded what I grew, but two, I figured out that, Hey, I can grow more of certain things and then put back some and eat more fresh. And that will help me meet my goal even, even quicker of, you know, offsetting my grocery bill. So like you were saying like, Hey, four cabbage plants may have been enough Mm -hmm. and that could have been enough, but now I can grow eight, you know, just throwing numbers out there instead of four and grow eight and still have the same amount of space that I had before. So there is an argument for a larger size garden. Not that we need to twist anybody to listen to the show's arm to have a bigger garden. <laughs> I think there's also the idea of growing in specific seasons. So if you're growing in multiple seasons, then, you know, it, it does complicate things further because you, you may have more vegetables to, you know, kind of do this fresh or preservation or both um, kind of dance with. But I do think it it gives you an opportunity. I don't know. Maybe your cabbage does better in the spring than it does in the fall. And so if that's the case, then you, know, you could decide if you want to just grow for preservation sake in the spring. And maybe you just want to grow a few heads in the fall just to enjoy them fresh. I don't know. Um, that's where it becomes difficult for me to ask you, like, what do you recommend? Because it really is, you know, kind of my growing area, my eating preference, my desire to like to work on preserving or not, you know, because it's not like it's magical. It is work. So I, when I used to get questions a lot, I would ask like, hey, are you growing in the spring, fall, summer or whatever? Now I just pr- I just assume that everybody's growing in multi seasons. <laughs> Because some, you know, like if you're asking me about cabbage, clearly it doesn't grow in the middle of summer, generally speaking, in most places. So you're clearly growing it in a cooler season. So I just always just default to the fact that somebody's having a multi-seasonal garden, which isn't that much of a stretch saying, let's just say spring and summer. Let's just exclude fall and winter completely. So spring and summer, then, you know, I think it's safe to say that a lot of people are. 
because you know we get the itch and we want to put stuff in the ground you go to buy transplants they have certain things available so it's kind of obvious like when you can start planting these mm-hmm. things but it's it, it's exact you're exactly right so it's really hard to sit here and talk about like per season what to grow and this is where spending the time in the middle of winter figuring out that plan mm-hmm. and just and when i say rotation is i'm not talking about crop rotation but i'm talking about once your cabbages come up what's going behind the cabbage just so you can do your spring and summer guard you know when your cabbages are done do you have enough time to put your tomatoes in the ground? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a little bit before you can put them in? Is it going to be too late? Like those are the things that are important to know. And I don't think you really get to know those things until you really start planting them over a couple of years, you know, because each year is going to be a little bit different. It's not just by the books. Yeah, it's not by the books. And then also like how that thing is going to perform at that particular time in your particular garden is unknown until you do it, you know? Yeah. So just like I said, I forgot the second one. I should have wrote it down, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I forgot to ask you about the second one. So there's that. That's okay. We should have just ignored the fact that I even said it then. <laughs> it, it, given I forgot it, I was ignoring it, I guess, maybe unconsciously. But on that note, there is one thing. Mm-hmm. The recipe of the day. Okay, so this is an out-of-season recipe, but I mentioned it, so I'm going to give it. And then I'm going to let young Ben point you to the website because there are some specific um, measurements that you may need to follow. It comes from a recipe that is meant to be canned, but I froze it because I didn't want to add the balsamic vinegar that I'm going to mention in the recipe, but you can do as you wish. Um, but it is canning safe if you add the vinegar. So pressure canning, I should note. All right, so it is eggplant pasta sauce that you would use and pour over any type of noodle. Uh, Starting with one and a half cups of Kalmata olives, one of my favorites, six cloves of garlic or more, six pounds of Roma tomatoes, Um, This is six pounds before you start prepping them. Three red peppers, three onions, two pounds of eggplant, two cups of red wine, half a cup of the vinegar, balsamic vinegar if you choose, tablespoon of anchovy paste, two teaspoons of salt, two teaspoons of oregano, and one teaspoon of ground pepper. Lastly, two and a half ounces of capers. That's, you know, again, it's, there's a, um, an Italian name for this recipe that I'm not going to mispronounce. So it'll be listed on the website when he he updates it and shares the recipe all right so you're gonna basically roast a lot of these vegetables which is one of my favorite ways of cooking so you're gonna get a, probably need two like large rim baking sheets i'm reading here from um, the instructions you're gonna pit and chop the olives put them aside peel and mince the garlic Add the olives to the garlic, put that all aside. Your oven's going to be preheated at 400 degrees Fahrenheit or 220 degrees uh, Celsius. I know we're giving Celsius out now. You're going to wash and core your tomatoes, half them. You're going to put them upside down on, or I guess kind of cut side down on the baking sheet. This is where you're going to be roasting them. Um, I'd say probably in total about 45 minutes, but you're roasting them at 400 degrees. Um, You're going to spray 
if you wish. I believe I used just parchment paper. The second baking sheet, and this is where you're going to basically cut up and put your, like in dices, cut up and put your eggplant. And you're going to roast that as well. Um, you're going to leave your onions like kind of in fourths and quarters. And you're going to roast that. So we're dumping all of these vegetables into the pans to roast them. Um, you may need to do it in batches, which is fine. Uh, ultimately, I pulled the skins of my tomatoes off. They're going to be char, but I didn't I don't want the texture when I chop it up. Um Eggplant, 30 minutes or so. Tomatoes, 40 minutes or so. Onions and garlic, somewhere in between. Um, you can add all of these things to like a um, like a Dutch oven pot. You know, it sits on top of the stove. And you're going to ultimately kind of chop and add that to the Dutch oven. Cook until, I don't know, let's say boil it and then let it simmer for 15 or 20 minutes until it gets to the consistency that you want. And then you'll add in all of your other jugs like your garlic that you set aside, your capers, all of that stuff is coming in. And it's kind of a, um, a salty kind of, including the vinegar, a salty um like uh, just a tinge bit vinegary. I tried it with a little bit of vinegar and it wasn't my liking, but it definitely has layers of flavor as they say on the cooking shows. Um, and so it did freeze well. It was better the second day. I put it on some pasta and then shredded some Parmesan cheese on top. So that is something that maybe buy some ingredients for it during the off season, decide if you enjoy it. That's what I've been doing. Um, in like testing some of these recipes out to determine if I really want to grow more of the thing to make more of this for my garden. So that's what I got. Eggplant pasta I don't sauce. Know. I might try it. I might not. <clears throat> it's a lot of recipes. Eggplants are a weird thing for me. I mean, it's a lot of uh, ingredients, but the yeah. roasting does take some of the pressure off the cook. Oh, does it? I mean, because you're roasting, you're kind of like, you know. Yeah, kind of waiting yeah. a little bit. Okay. Are you going to send me the recipe? Yep. Sending it now. Okay. I will put it in Patreon for everybody to enjoy. So. And this is a site when you see where he posts the link for the recipe. This is a site that I use quite often as it relates to additional notes for things that I'm preserving, especially since I've just started pressure canning last year. They tend to take like a recipe from one of your trusted sites and they sometimes expand on a kind of like including even a note section. So it's been a great resource for me. Well, anytime we have another way to use eggplant is a good, mm -hmm. good call, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll like it and I'll put in a third plant. You never know. Mm -hmm. So I hope we, uh, we help crack the code for you guys a little bit. I know it's um, it's not really a direct answer, so it, you know I, I mean I kind of apologize for it, but not really because this whole gardening thing is really an internal thing, you know, between you and your family, and you know, looking and deciding on what you want to grow is really important. And I think that I look at it without apology and say, if you didn't already realize this, I hope we've given you some room to be kind to yourself around this. Like this may take you time. It could take you many growing seasons to figure it out. If this is a desire of yours. Um, and I mean, if you're growing food and just eating it fresh, you know, 
cheerio, you know, <laughs> good on you. Um, and if you, I don't know that it's necessarily that much easier to figure out kind of what you should be planting if you just want to eat it fresh either, you know. Well, you know what helps me plan my garden out is the planter app. So um, check the link below to get that discount and use it to help yourselves plan your garden. But in all seriousness, um, enjoy that, you know, and enjoy the gardening process and figuring it out. And remember, you can go to patreon.com slash backyard gardens to get the recipes and help support the show. But with that being said, there's one thing I do need to say. We should all have learned to grow and now we should grow for change. See ya. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.